On this episode of Locked On Lightning, we discuss the team everybody loves to hate. That's the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes, that's right. We're continuing our Atlantic Division review. Today we talk about those pesky leaps, all that and more. But first, let's play that music. You're Locked On Lightning, your daily podcast on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to another episode of Locked on Lightning, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Denker. I'd just like to thank all of you for making us your first listen of the day. On today's episode, we are discussing the Toronto Maple Leafs, continuing our Atlantic Division review segment. Uh, if you, In case you've missed the past couple of features, we've talked about the Bruins, we've talked about the Senators, we've talked about the Panthers, so and the Red Wings as well, so we're wrapping it up here. Uh, with Montreal, uh, with Toronto, and then Montreal. So go ahead back and listen to those past episodes so you could catch up so you're ready as the, the Tampa Bay Lightning are ever closer, finally, to the start of the 2022-23 season. So why don't we jump right into it? So as we all know, in the playoffs, Lightning faced off against Toronto, and that was a team that I said leading up to 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 the playoffs that that was a team that kind of worried me that was a team that I felt in my opinion was probably the most dangerous towards Tampa at that time just because of how Tampa was playing you know let's all face it up into that point the last couple of weeks of the regular season leading up to the Stanley Cup playoffs Tampa wasn't exactly that stellar uh disciplined hockey team that we've all come to know and love and have seen win two consecutive cups up into that point and then you had this Toronto Maple Leafs team who everybody loves to hate them. Everybody loves to make fun of them. Uh, as we all know, they have not advanced past the first round of the playoffs in quite some time. And so you take that team who is dealing with all this criticism, dealing with all this backlash and in one of the biggest hockey markets uh, in the league, if not the biggest hockey market. I mean, one can make the case for Montreal. Um, and you have Austin Matthews, who at that point, who ended up winning the Rocket Richard, who was having a phenomenal season and, and a team who is clearly hungry, very dangerous combination towards Tampa at that time. Uh, as we know, Tampa and Toronto battled back and forth throughout that entire series. And at one point, Tampa faced elimination, but was able to survive and advance past Toronto, and then eventually sweeping the President's Trophy winners, the Florida Panthers, and then going back to the Stanley Cup final. But now this year lies the question, really, really, how has Toronto changed? How have they improved? Uh, What kind of issue are they going to pose towards Tampa as the Lightning try to go back to the Stanley Cup final, uh, becoming the fourth team? Uh, only only the first team to go four straight times, excuse me, to the Stanley Cup final since the New York Islanders in the 1980s. And looking at these line combos, if you want to follow along on Daily Faceoff as well as on Hockey Reference, looking at their roster. And, and I feel like this is the general consensus uh, throughout the, nat- the, the rest of the league. And I think that maybe if you speak to any Leafs fan, they might say differently. 
but I don't think this team is. I mean, their first their first line is probably one of the best in the league. Bunting Matthews and Nylander. Uh, Nylander is a question mark depending on who you talk to. You know, it, it's a mixed bag with him. Some people, and, and I think everybody could agree that he has all the talent in the world to be a phenomenal winger on a top line and on any team. But it seems like with him at certain points that he kind of is just disengaged. Uh, he doesn't really play with that fire that you want a guy like that to play with. Uh, and that could sometimes, you know, especially if things aren't going his way or if things aren't going uh, in the way of the Leafs, that could pose some potential issues there with the fan base. Um, I think he's one of the most talented players in the league. I think he has a ton of upside. I mean, he's still uh, relatively young and, and still could really go out there and play well and, and make uh, any team pay if they sleep on him. Uh, so yeah, that first line along with Michael Bunting, I, and, and obviously Matthews down the middle, I think is obviously a tough task to try and stop on any given night. Um, and then it kind of falls off there for Toronto. Now you have John Tavares who, let's face it. I, I, I mean, John Tavares. Yeah. He, he's a big name in the league captain of the team. But he hasn't really played up to expectations since he signed with this team uh, a couple of years ago. And yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm not gonna say that I didn't that I expected him to to be this really big of a non-factor with this team. I mean, I mean, yeah, he show he has his moments, uh, but in that series against Tampa, where there was moments where my uh, where John Tavares guy like that could have easily hurt Tampa. Uh, and given his team momentum and he just didn't show up. And I think that a lot of Leafs fans are really starting to, to apply the pressure and, and really starting to get frustrated with this guy. Uh, and, and, you know, I've heard some talk this past summer, which not surprising given who the franchise is, is that I think that if they don't get past the first round this year, uh, he might be out the door, which would, you know, as much as you hear about it and you're not surprised by those rumors coming from a team like this, uh, if the move were to be made, I would still be very much surprised. Uh, and then he got Mitch Marner on the wing on the second uh, alongside Tavares and then Adam Gaudet on the on the other side. And then it just starts to kind of thin out as you get down the line of this forward line. And then as well as the defensive pairings, uh, I, I mean, this whole team, the names, yeah, you know, the names and I kind of feel that this Leafs team and to just put it into summary in case you're kind of lost of what point I'm trying to get at is that I don't think this team is any better than they were last year. I don't think that they're going to be as good as they were last year. Now, do I think they're going to necessarily miss the playoffs because of that? No, I would be shocked. I think a lot of people would be shocked. I think that if we're going into the All-Star break with Toronto in any type of danger of missing the playoffs, I think that um, you might see people losing their jobs. You might see players being shipped out or uh, 100% shipped in because, I mean, the Leafs, no matter how well they're doing, unless they're number one in the league, which they never are, uh, you would expect players to be coming in uh, just to bolster up this team 
to be on the safe side, of course, which obviously is never enough. But I, 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 I feel like in the best way to make the comparison with this Leafs team, because yeah, there, I don't think that, yeah, they're going to be, they're going to play tough. I mean, every time these two teams play there, it's always a slobber knocker, but every time these two team, I, I always feel like, and, and maybe this is just with Tampa, uh, obviously from firsthand experience, just watching those games, Tampa always has the upper hand. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with, um, Tampa is better at not panicking in the big time situations. Um, and this kind of ties in with all the episodes. Like, uh, I said before, if you haven't watched the Atlantic division, uh, reviews that I've done thus far, please go ahead. Uh, it really ties in with all of this and, and to how I feel towards these teams is that, uh, all these teams in the division are always going to play Tampa tough. I mean, that's what you get out of a division battle, but at the end of the day, Tampa has the, the huge, huge mountain of experience on their side, uh, no matter what players are on the ice for the most part, uh, no matter what lines John Cooper puts together, whether it be going into a game or throughout the course of a game, uh, there's always going to be a huge amount of experience and, and know-how. And what I mean by that is that uh, no matter how young these players, whether they've been in Syracuse up all year, and then they come down for a couple of games. Uh, it, it's just ingrained uh, in in the fabric of this of this organization that you know you just come down, don't panic. You have good players around you. Just come in, just play your game, and everything's going to be fine. And that's what we're going to see out of this team um, this year. And and Toronto doesn't have that. They really don't. I mean, we saw that through moments. And, and I have to say, I was very impressed throughout the entire playoff. Uh, series between the two teams last year. Having said that, um, one could make the case, and I'm making it right now, that Toronto only got that far in the series and was only able to put t- Tampa on their heels at certain points because Tampa was not yet in prime playoff form. Uh, they were not being consistent. Uh, all things that really we spoke about at length throughout the course of last season. But yeah, this Toronto team is not good. Uh, am I, are they a team that we should be wary of? Are they a team that we should still keep our eye on as the season goal goes along? Absolutely. But is there a lot of work that needs to be done? A hundred percent on their part. They're, 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 I don't think this team, you know, they, they look like a first round out for me again. And I think a lot of people in the league believe that. I don't think that nobody is particularly scared of this Maple Leafs team. And I think if you ask a Maple Leaf fan, and when I say you ask them, I, I mean, you know, one that is level-headed, not one who thinks they're going to win the cup every year. One who is actually very well in the middle of, you know, being, you know, positive and, and just, you know, hopeless. I think if you catch someone in the middle and ask them, yeah, uh, I don't think we're that good of a team. I think that's what you'll get out of them. So we'll talk about more about the Maple Leafs. Obviously, there's a lot to unpack about this roster uh, in just a bit. But first, I want to talk about today's sponsor, and that is Athletic Greens. I just came back from the gym before uh, recording this podcast, and and I started off my day before heading to the gym with a nice, tall, cold glass of Athletic Greens. Uh, they have all the nutrients I need to start my day. I feel a hundred percent ready to tackle on anything I have to do. And 
yeah, uh, right now is the best time to get it with winter right around, around the corner, whether you're in the upper northeast where I am or if you're down in Florida. Uh, this is what you need to tackle to get into the gym, to start your day, uh, wherever you go. Uh, whatever your activity is, you're definitely going to want to bring this along. So right now is the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with the convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five, that is five, free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Take advantage and ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So moving on, well, not really moving on. We're, we're still talking about it, but kind of taking a deeper dive into this, this team, this Toronto Maple Leafs team, because I, I, I think, <laughs> I mean, there is a lot to talk about with this team, but really to sum it up, um, Toronto, I think if, you know, one being terrible and then 10 on the scale being the best team in the league, uh, being otherworldly, you know, potential chance of going 82-0, and winning the cup, Toronto is, <clears throat> I would say, a soft four. Maybe a three and a half. I I think that they are starting. You know, Mitch Marner, very good player, uh, still has his issues of where, and it's weird with a player like him who is so talented and has that potential if he was more consistent to potentially be a superstar, which he is, but like he's not in the top five. Obviously, he's not in the top five. He's a top 10 player. I believe that. Um, but he's and, and that kind of goes for Nylander. Nylander, I think, is top 25. Uh, he's certainly not top 10. But really, with this with this Maple Leafs team, it's been consistency out of their supporting cast. I mean, really, what it comes down to is that Austin Matthews can't do it all. And I kind of view this right now and it's very reminiscent of what Washington was about 10 years ago when it, it seemed as though they couldn't even now obviously Washington has made a lot more deep uh Stanley Cup playoff runs than Toronto in recent years but this kind of is reminiscent of when when Ovi was in his mid to early 30s uh, I mean, he was doing the same thing back then as he is now. He's carrying this team. And I feel like, not right now to this extreme, but I feel like in a couple of years, I think a lot more people might see the comparison is that Matthews could potentially fall into the situation of him essentially having to do everything to give this team not only a shot to win, but to, to just get them into the playoffs. And then by then he could be burnt out and all that. Because really when you look at this team, I mean, yeah, like I stated before, you know, the names, you know what to expect out of these guys. But at the end of the day, they don't play together as a team. I don't when, when you know, I I've watched, I watched quite a few of Maple Leafs games last year outside of them playing Tampa. And I have to say that there were certain times when this team didn't really play as a team. You know, you had, you had five guys on the ice that were just kind of all doing their thing at once. And 
that is obviously not a, a, a winning mentality. That is obviously not something that is going to get you in, which was why it was so shocking to me in the moment. And I think a lot of people, whether or not you saw it like that uh, through the regular season with this team, but it was so shocking when they came into the first round and actually did what they were supposed to do in the situations when they needed to bounce back and hit Tampa in the face and capitalize on the moment. And like I stated before, a lot of that has to do with Tampa not doing things themselves now, but you got to give credit where credit is due. Um, So maybe I could be completely right with this assumption. Uh, Maybe, you know, they're going to, they're going to fall off this year. You know, maybe we might see a little bit of a, of a, of a team that is struggling to find their identity, a team that is struggling to play together uh, where they're going to have to rely on 34 the entire time, which, you know, for the sake of being a general hockey fan and and appreciating what Austin Matthews is, you know, you don't want to see that. I don't want to see that, you know, I, but it does help the lightning in head to head matchups. And, but you look at, you know, we've spoken enough about the forwards uh, and that, that, you know, those, those four lines there, but even like the defensive pairings, uh, Morgan Riley, TJ Brody, Mike, Mark Giordano, Justin Hull, Jake Muzzin and Jordy Ben. I mean, Hull, I like, I like his game. I, I like what he does on the ice. Um, he definitely has his moments where he could make an impact offensively. Uh, and I say that very loosely. Uh, Morgan Riley, we know what you're kind of going to get out of this guy. Uh, TJ Brody, I mean, decent player. I don't think he's a first-line defenseman. And then that third line with Muzzin and Ben, I mean, if you're a Leafs fan, you can't really feel good about that. Um, that's just how I look at it. You know, two guys who are pretty much – I wouldn't say they're at their end of their NHL careers, but guys definitely that – you could do a lot better. <laughs> and, and then looking at your goalie situation, which has been the talk for quite some time now uh, over the last couple of years, especially last year uh, with, with their struggles. And that was what I think eventually led to Tampa coming out on top in that series. Uh, Cause you, you know, that does, you know, anytime you have Vasilevsky in that, um, and he's playing at the top of his game. That is definitely what gives Tampa the edge in those head-to-head matchups. But really, when I look at this team, you know, it, it, it's going to be a big work in progress for for the for the general manager going forward in this in, in the season. Because really, when you look at it this way, when you're looking at the, those forward lines, when you're looking at the defensive lines, and you're looking at the goalie situation where Matt Murray, who didn't really play a ton of games in Ottawa. Huge disappointment there for the Senators. Uh, I spoke about it in the episode with those guys. And then Ilya Samsonov, who, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's a good, you know, he's, I don't think he's a clear cut number one in, in Netfria. Uh, but one has to figure he's going to get a pretty good amount of chunk uh, of playing time in, in, in net considering, you know, Matt Murray, He's going to probably have his struggles this year. He's definitely, I would be shocked if he stays completely healthy throughout the course of the season. Um, 
So I really th- I think it, you know, if you're a Leafs fan, I think you have to look at Samsonov and and hope that he has a good season because, you know, if you see Matt Murray in net, um, and he's not playing well, but you keep seeing him being thrown out there, that means that hope has been lost with Samsonov. Uh, yeah, I I mean, like I state, like I've said multiple times throughout this entire episode, I mean, Toronto is just a team where. I look at them top to bottom and, and yeah, there's players that can hurt you, can hurt you individually. And there are players that I see here on this roster, you know, the, the Ashton Reese's, the Aub Kubel's, uh, you know, Kyle Clifford, Michael Bunting, you know, there's, there's names that that are if you look at those players solo Alex Kerfoot if you look at these players solo and I'm not talking about Marner or Matthews if you look at these players on their own without the guys around them they're guys that you would want to have on your team you know there's there's certain guys on this team that I think if if they were if they were free agents and the lightning had the the salary cap this offseason I would have said, we got to sign this guy. We got to sign this guy. And obviously they don't. But you put those guys around. And and we've seen this not only with Toronto, but another, uh, actually a Western Conference team, the Edmonton Oilers, kind of does the same thing. I think, I think I'm starting, I'm starting to think this is maybe a Canadian hockey team thing. They're so desperate to get something out of these guys uh, to where they're just putting them together. And, you know, you're not taking into account that how these guys' games may or may not mesh well uh, together. Uh, The Morgan Rileys, you know, guys like that. Um, I don't think that there was really, um, you know, you're just looking at these guys as singular players and seeing what they have done on the ice and, yeah, that's great. Obviously, they've they've earned NHL contracts, but putting them together may not necessarily be a good fit. And I think when you look at this roster with Toronto, um, you know that's what you see. You see a group of talented hockey players who they'll have moments where you'll see flashes of that that chemistry. But I think at the end, when it when we go down to it, especially in head to head matchups with Tampa. I think really what it comes down to is that the the way the games complement each other, the way some of these guys are able to adapt in certain situations, I think that's really what's going to hurt Toronto uh, down the line when they play Tampa. And I think that's what Tampa, really what it comes down to, they need to capitalize on. And I think that it's going to be what it is, I feel like, in any situation with, with the Lightning, is that you know they're a good team. They have the players. Uh, to, to go out there and succeed, to be one of the better teams in the National Hockey League. It's all a matter of going out there and executing. And I feel like if they could do that and, and not let the moments get too big on them and, and allow to go out there and just let the game happen for them, I think they'll be in a good space uh, with Toronto. So, you know, these two teams will see each other. Their first matchup is not until December. December 3rd. So we do have some time to, at least I do, to kind of lose my mind. 
uh, over this team because I am expecting of a, a little sluggish of a start from this Tampa team. Uh, they do open up the season against the New York Rangers, like we've stated before. And then a couple of tough matchups to start the season after the Rangers. They play on the road uh, for two more games with Columbus, who just got Johnny Hockey. Uh, and then they play against a very, very experienced Pittsburgh Penguins team. So we'll have to see how those two teams, uh, how they go against those first couple of teams to start the season. Uh, so, yeah, um, we'll wrap things up in just a bit. Uh, but yeah, go ahead and like and subscribe to the pod because, you know, it's going to be interesting how the Lightning uh, are able, like I said, to go out there and and enact that 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 experience that they have a plethora of on teams like the Toronto Maple Leafs. So wrapping things up here on the show, I, I wanted to talk real quick and, and give me a second and I'll pull it, pull it up. Um, there was an article that was on the in the athletic so if you're subscribed to the athletic it was an article i don't remember who wrote it but it was discussing the one player that every nhl team uh would what player would be offered up in a potential trade you know in in any case and this is i was curious you know obviously because tampa is probably going to make a move at some point this season, whether it's to shed some more cap to get rid of Alex Kalorn. Uh, I would imagine they don't want him to leave, uh, you know, without getting anything in return. I, I would be shocked if they just let him walk. Um, but Calfoot, Calfoot was the name that was offered up as a sacrificial lamb if the Lightning were to make moves. And it's, very surprising to me. Now, this was, it looks like it was written by Joe Smith. Uh, Joe Smith, as we all know, if you follow the Lightning, uh, very informative, uh, very accurate at times on his assumptions about this Lightning team. And I'm very, in a way, confused by the lack thereof. I wouldn't say respect, but I feel like the, 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 almost the lacks lackadaisical attitude of what Calfoot has to offer. I, I, and if you've been listening or watching the show for a very long time now, um, especially this past year, I thought Calfoot did a lot of good things on the ice uh, in the limited time that he had, especially in the playoffs. And I think that this is really going to be his year to take that next step and his progression or his potential progression uh, I like to compare that a lot to what we saw out of Anthony Sorelli over the last couple of years, dating back from 2019 into 2020. And obviously that's a lot of different, different, <clears throat> different scenarios. Anthony Sorelli already had a spot on the team um, as does Cal foot. But at the same time, Anthony Sorelli did not have anybody really in front of him. He had that third line center position pretty much all to himself. Um, and it was really up to Anthony Sorelli to, to, lock it up. Now, this year is a little different and I this is why also I'm a little bit surprised with Cal Foot with the Cal Foot name being thrown around already in trades uh is because if you look at this team they're a little short they're a little, well not a little short but they're a little banged up right now and we all know how frequently de- uh defensemen can get injured uh so you know you could see a guy like Mikhail Sergachev uh hopefully not uh, could go down at some point. Eric Chernak has had his injury issues in the past. Zach Bogosian, 
another one. He is not starting the season because of injury issues. Uh, and really, and, and Felipe Myers as well, uh, who was kind of in the mo in the in the mix for this, which I'm still a little, I'm a little, it's a little confusing as well with that as to why, you know, every, I, I, I'm not saying that, you know, Felipe Myers is the wrong choice. I feel like, but if you're picking between a guy who's been here already, who, who has the experience, um, why would you be so willingly to give him away for Phil, Philippe Myers, who just walked in the door? So we'll have to wait and see. I think it, I think it's a very strange thing um, to 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 really just already talk about getting rid of this guy. Um, I think Cal Foot has a lot of upside. I think he has a lot to offer this team, and and it would really be a shame at the end of the day if he is traded away just because the Lightning want to bring someone in, uh, whether it be you know on an expiring contract. Uh, because I think that in these days, I think. Really, especially with the Lightning have in, in Syracuse, um, I think it would be unfortunate to give away a talent who is still developing in Cal Foot and who has, I, in my opinion, a lot of upside. So we'll follow that as well. Hopefully it doesn't come to fruition at all. Uh, but if it does or if the, the talks or, or the rumors start to get louder and louder, we'll obviously address it here on the show. So make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. Give us a follow on LO underscore lightning on Twitter, as well as locked on underscore lightning on Instagram. Give us a follow on our YouTube page as well. And give me a follow on Twitter at Danky Dank D E N K Y D eight and K. And we'll be back tomorrow to discuss more uh, as the more lightning news, because they do have exhibition games coming up this week. And then, We'll blink our eyes and the regular season will be here. So that's been it for this episode of Locked on Lightning, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I'll talk to you in the next one.